The following is a production by Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. You can support Lone Star Community Radio by donating and sponsoring programs just like this. For more information, check us out online at IRLoneStar.com. This segment is brought to you by... Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N, chiropractic.com. Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at teamsinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. I am Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News, FM 104.5, 106.1. Also live streaming, IRLoneStar.com. It's on Our City TV in the city of Conroe, cable TV, and uh, FM 104.5, 106.1. I think I said that, but if not, I covered all the bases now. So today we're going to hear from two candidates for County Court of Law. We have Laura Watson in the first segment. She's a candidate for County Court of Law 3. And then in the second segment, we'll hear from Brian Kane, who's a candidate for County Court of Law 1. And there are differences between the different courts of laws. There's now going to be six courts of law with a uh, new one is Court 6, County Court of Law 6. But uh, maybe uh, Laura can tell us a little bit about some of those differences uh, when she tells us what's going on with her candidacy. This show is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic and Team Sinisi Real Estate Group. Roger Stein Chiropractors have been voted the best chiropractic center in Montgomery County for many years. If you haven't been there, they are located at 3033 West Davis in uh, Conroe on Highway 105 across from Conroe High School and right by Taco Bell. You cannot miss it. So her focus is on natural holistic healing to not only to relieve pain but achieve optimal health. Dr. Stacy holds certifications in adjusting extremities, clinical nutrition, prenatal, and pediatric care. She treats, in her team, she has a team of other doctors as well. They treat everyone from neonatal, when the mom is pregnant, to alleviate any pain and uh, ease of labor, from infants to seniors, weekend athletes to professionals, and that is Roger Stein Chiropractic. Team Sinisi Real Estate Group is the lead person in buying, selling, or investing in real estate, because we know real estate is a hot commodity and has been for a little over a year now. Interest rates are still low, but they're creeping up, so don't hesitate. If you are investing especially, but if you're buying or selling, Team Sinisi Real Estate Group, because it's an easy name to remember. (laughs) 281-507-9777. So a few things that are happening around us. Of course, this is the Christmas season, so there's lots of different things. Uh, Both of our performing theaters, the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, have their Christmas shows going on and continuing uh, through December 19th. You can see a Christmas 
Carol, no, I'm sorry, uh, the Christmas story about uh, the young man who really wanted his Red Rider uh, rifle and his mom didn't want him to have it because he was going to shoot his eyes out. That will be that is continuing to play at the Owen Theater. You can go to owentheater.com to get tickets for that. You can also see Elf the Musical at the Crichton Theater with Buddy the would-be elf unaware that he is a human and what happens with that. I'm sure we all know that story, but it's a great Christmas feel-good family show to go see. Something else is the Montgomery County Choral Society is presenting a Messiah Messiah sing-along on Saturday, December 11th at 7 p.m. at the First Methodist Church in Conroe. Also, the Conroe Symphony Orchestra will host their Christmas concert. Twas the concert before Christmas, literally, <laughs> on Saturday, December 18th. That's one week before Christmas at the Willis ISD Performing Arts Center, and they are located on Highway 75 at Willis High School. And the Conroe Art League will host their annual Affordable Art Show. If you haven't gone in there and seen it, or even been aware that we have an art gallery in downtown Conroe, you need to go in there and check it out. So this show uh, exhibit will be with local artists, and every item is $150 or less. So the really nice thing is that they're unique. They're by local artists, and for that person that... You don't know what to get them, but you want to get them something memorable. This not only makes a difference uh, to the artists who are selling their goods, but 20% of each artist's sale will benefit Christmas is Forgiving with the Salvation Army. So something to keep in mind. So that's ongoing through the month of December. You can find out all about these entertainment events by going to greaterconroeartsalliance.com because they're all listed there. And remember to shop local. It really, really makes a difference to a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, single-owned entrepreneurs, small businesses, because you know what, what kind of year it was last year and what we came out of. Well, people are still hoping that this Christmas season helps them and their families. And if you shop downtown, you could stop by and have... Um, a tasting with Foss Brewing, the new venue place. You can go by the Firm Meadery, or you can wind down at Blue Epiphany Winery. They're all downtown. So check it out. Get a gift card for people um, as some last-minute gifts and uh, help the local businesses. So we're going to take a short break, and we are going to hear today from Laura Watson, candidate for County Court of Law 3, and then we're going to hear from Brian Kane, a candidate for County Court of Law 1. So again, I am Margie Taylor, your host, and we will be right back. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N chiropractic.com. Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at teamsinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. Hey y'all, it's DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Diamond, Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online 
IRLoneStar.com. And we are back this morning, this afternoon, with Laura Watson. She's going to tell us all about uh, her candidacy for County Court of Law 3. And there's six County Court of Laws. Well, there's about to be, right, Laura? That's correct. So, so we have five that are currently in effect, and County Court of Law Number 6 has just recently been passed by the legislature, and it will go into effect after this next voting session, starting okay. January 1 of 2023. 2023. Yes, okay, so we're just priming ourselves up. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> and speaking of that, so the primary, as we know today, is March 1st. That's correct. So, uh, and if you don't understand what that means, that means that uh, Republican and Democrat, you vote for the Republican you want to represent that position. And I don't think there's any Democrats running for any positions, are they, as far as county court of law? At this time, no. And so we all just continue to pray and knock on all the wood and hope that it stays that way. But thus far, I have not heard any rumors. I think all of us are looking at it as straight primary ticket. Okay, so uh, then that person will advance to uh, the general voting in November of 2022. And when they are voted, whoever is elected, then will take over uh, January 2022. Correct. They would be sworn in on January 1st. As always. Of 2023. Correct. Yes, 2023. Wow, we're just jumping ahead here. 2022 Boom. is just already banging on the door. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Okay, okay. So, all right, uh, County Court of Law 3. Tell me a little bit about the role as a judge in that court. So this particular, we went about seven or eight years ago, when I say we, the county, had shifted over and the board uh, of judges determined that the courts would be, go into a specialization feeling that that would be more productive and efficient to be able to get through the cases within our county. So county court at law number three has now been determined as a family specialization court. And in that, so basically we hear anything that is family related, divorces, modifications, uh, what we call habeas corpuses or contempts for people that have violated an underlying court order. The most fun thing obviously is adoptions. Everybody loves those. Um, This particular court also encompasses the child welfare court. Um, which people commonly refer to as CPS. But everything that comes into this particular court is strictly dealing with families and touching on families. So does this handle uh, cases with uh, CASA advocates as well? Absolutely. Because I've been on that part of the end. Yes. So CASA is traditionally involved and most always involved in the child welfare cases um, that run through this. And so they typically serve as what we call a guardian ad litem Mm -hmm. to make recommendations for the best interest of the children in the cases. And that's a strong position to be an advocate, a CASA advocate, because yes. they're pretty neutral, but they always represent the child, they first the, most. Yes, and I can't say enough about CASA. It's a wonderful organization. I mean, these folks, vol- number one, they are volunteers. Mm-hmm. They sacrifice their own time. They actually go out into the field, meet these children, and see these children in the environment which they are currently living or get placed into, and then come back and basically share that information with the court and the judge to essentially make recommendations from that point forward on the child is thriving, the child is struggling, we need to make some changes, things like that. Now, they don't technically serve as an expert per se, but they serve as essentially an extension or the eyes and the ears of the court because obviously the court can't go out to all of these homes because sadly we have a lot of children that need some assistance out in our county. Absolutely, and that's a good way of generally telling the story about what CASA advocates do. I myself have been a a CASA advocate, and I know it's uh, challenging at at times. So this court uh, works with that in CPS cases, and I know you have a heart for adoptions as well. Now, didn't your family experience something with that? Actually, on multiple levels. So my father actually adopted me when my parents got married. They got married when I was five. Uh, He adopted me when I was six, so obviously that is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, And then here recently, in the end of June, my husband adopted now our children. Um, uh, Coming up on wedding anniversary number nine in February, and so our kids came up and asked him, you know, said, they call him D. D, you've been our dad all of these years. We want you to be officially be our dad. That's and so cool. I, it, it's amazing. So cool. And so we were very blessed. And so needless to say, they can't wait. They got so excited when the new birth certificates came in and everybody put Watson on the back of their letter jackets. So we are super proud. That is proud. fun. That, one whole big family, Absolutely. right? And how many kids do you have? So we have two. We have two kids. 
Okay, so let's uh, let's go backwards a little bit. So um, you have your you have signed up at this point to be a candidate for County Court of Law Three. Why? So officially, <laughs> I am filing my application tomorrow. Just to be. But nonetheless, I am filing for this because I believe in the last almost 18 years that I have been practicing family law here primarily in Montgomery County, I have fallen in love with the concept of representing and being the voices of children. And so in the last eight or nine years, I have shifted the majority of my private practice to serving in what we call the role of an amicus. So an amicus attorney is a combination of a guardian ad litem, like mm -hmm. a CASA, and an attorney ad litem who is there to represent essentially the wishes of a child. And so we combine those in the role of an amicus, and that's what we serve usually in the family aspects of the courts, the non-child welfare cases. And so I have found that when children are caught in the middle, what happens a lot of times are they become the pawns. Yeah. And a very tragic time in a family, whether it be a divorce or a modification or whatever, and the children are usually forgotten in the sense of how they feel and how it impacts them. I say family law is good people on bad behavior. You know, they don't mean to hurt the kids, but a lot of times the children become the pawns. And so I decided I wanted to be the voices to help those children where they were protected, where I can say, Mom, Dad, this is not the way we act. No, we're not going to discuss this case in front of little Johnny. No, Susie is not going to tell you where she wants to live. She loves both of you. Both of you. At, that's so more, hard. Oh, my gosh. It's very hard. <laughs> you know, that's, I try to tell children all the time, that's what makes them so special is they have two people that love them so much. And each part of that parent, as Judge Hamilton used to say all the time, 50% of each parent is what makes that child so amazing and so special. And a lot of times the kids don't hear that. Now, she's a good them. advocate, too. Yes, she is. I can't <laughs> say enough. I had the honor of being able to work with her for about a year and a half uh, when I first got out of law school. And she is not only a great advocate, but a great teacher and a fabulous judge. So thank you, Judge Hamilton. Appreciate it. She's awesome. <laughs> she's awesome. Okay. Uh, so what would make you a good judge? Tell me a little bit about your background and your experience. So I believe it's multifold. When I first got out of college, um, the first thing I got into was corporate America. And because of where I was located, I went to school out in West Texas at Texas Tech University. And in the process of doing that, rolled into contract food service management. I mean, it's not glamorous, but it's a great experience in learning how to actually manage and run businesses. I think from that experience, after doing that almost 12 years, I worked all the way from an entry-level management up to being a regional-level, what we call troubleshooter, for lack of a better word. I would go in and fix troubled accounts where we were about to lose a contract, reorganize them, reestablish them, rebuild the customer and the client uh, confidence in us, and then move on. And then I finished my career with those that type of business as a district manager based out of Denver, managing approximately eight accounts of my own. So in the process of doing that, it taught me budgeting skills, managerial skills, both personnel, fiscal, um, and just general concepts of policies and procedures. I've been in, able to utilize that in my private practice by running my own practice and starting out and establishing myself in the community um, and doing that. I think those skills can help me in terms of managing a court because a court is just as much an issue of management as it is about the law, at least in my opinion. You have to manage a staff. We're managing taxpayer dollars. Mm -hmm. We're managing budgets. And we're managing dockets, most importantly. And one of the things, because Montgomery County is one of the fastest growing counties, not only in the state but in the nation, having over 620,000 people here, we have to be able to find a way to make sure that every one of those citizens, when in need, can get access to that court and can get resolution through that court. Because what they need, again, a family in trauma, is they need closure. They can't start Soon. here until we give them closure. Not months and months away. Exactly. And what's happening that I am seeing and personally experiencing as a practicing attorney is the time to be able to get in to get that relief and request that relief and actually getting closure is starting to expand, which in my opinion is the worst thing that what's can be What's the happen. norm? Well, according to our code, we're supposed to have cases closed in six months. Now, I will tell you, practicing that's very difficult when you have issues of experts that you have to bring, a forensic accountant or a custody evaluator. So obviously what most of our courts are saying is we really try to make sure that they're done by a year. What's happening now is we're seeing cases that are going on two, three, and sometimes two, three years and even longer. Really? Yes, ma'am. That's horrible. It is terrible. It's horrible for the kids. And you have families and children in limbo that entire time. All mm. they want is an answer and tell me what's going to happen. And so that's when it gets hard, not only on the families, but when I talk to these children and I have to go hug them and assure them that it's going to be okay, 
um, it's hard because they, do they say, trust well, you. Well, that's my whole focus is to build a rapport. So yes, mm-hmm. I think they do. And uh, now there's some that you know they've it's very been gratifying trained and stuff. Uh, but you know when I get those thank you notes from the kiddos, and I continue to this day to get Christmas cards and graduation announcements, and they swing by because we're in the neighborhood, and I just wanted to come give Miss Lori a hug. I mean, it means the world. That's so nice. So your office, uh, you're in downtown Conroe. Yes, ma'am. Over on. We're right off of North Thompson Street. Thompson, yes. I'm, I'm trying to picture the streets. In my right mind. across from the end. Yeah, store. I know exactly where it is. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. Conroe Central Market. Yes. You're right across the street from. And you've been there a while, right? Yes, I've been there since two, uh, oh my gosh, I want to say 13 years. Uh, a friend of mine, Margaret Alexander, uh, my dear friend, she and I purchased that bottom portion of the building and I want to say it's been 13 years this December. Is Simonton still a Simonson? Uh, Steve Simonson? Yeah. He actually has gone out to West Texas. He oh, is, okay. I, I believe he's he with the county there. attorney's office now out there. Just side note, just wondering. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> so how, how many staff do you have in your office? So we have kind of a job sharing concept. I have two paralegals that essentially share duties and then they kind of trade days. One mm-hmm. works certain days, the other one works certain days. And then I have a full-time office manager. So essentially, I would say probably counting them, I'd say probably Three-ish. about 2.2. Oh, if 2. you were to look 2. at a full, and, so okay. there's that corporate but side, you, I can't help it. you have people that you have to manage. Yes, ma'am. And uh, of course you have your own um, court docket schedule, yes, all ma'am. of that. Yes, ma'am. So, um, so you told me a little bit about your background and your experience and why do you think you're the most qualified? I believe because of my actual hands-on experience from being out in the field. Um, it's hard to understand what it's like on this side of the bench, being the practicing side, unless you've done it before. You know, so you have issues like what we call discovery, which is when we make requests for documents or well, interrogatories where we ask you to make a sworn answer. Um, sometimes there's complications with that. You know, again, bringing in experts, there's complications with getting those reports. If you are asking the court to give you an extension or asking the court to make a ruling on something, it's very difficult to expect that court to do it if they haven't been in the shoes of having to actually fill out and do discovery or understand what it means to have to interview and examine or cross-examine an expert. Um, it's, I believe it would be very difficult to truly be able to judge what the real needs are if you haven't ever experienced that side. I think also being on the side of holding your client's hand or putting your arm around them when they're walking into a courtroom for the first time, those people are terrified. This is an environment yeah. they've never been into. And they're getting to have a complete stranger make a decision about what's going to happen to their family. And Yes, I was going to say, there, there's nothing more stressful than your no, family exactly. having to go through different different things. And this is everything, your exactly. kids, your family. Exactly. You know? And so when they're, you're trying to help manage that, we are called attorneys and counselors at law for a reason. You know, whether it be walking into the courtroom, whether it be someone that's bitter because they just found out their husband or wife had been cheating on them and this is what I'm going to do. You know, my role, I believe, what I always try to do with my clients is to talk them off the ledge, for lack of a better word. Let's sit down and talk about it. Let's be reasonable. Let's think about what the long-term impact is going to have on your family by doing that. We gain nothing by going and cutting and hurting someone in the family because then we have to figure out how to co-parent down the road. Again, if you haven't done that and spent the time while your client's crying in front of you, holding their hand, telling them it's going to be okay, I don't think you can truly understand what they are going through when you walk into the courtroom. And I think that is absolutely critical in order to have the compassion from sitting at the bench to be able to understand what that family is going through. Some of it can be staged. We see it all the time. There's great performers out there. But I think if you've done it, Mm -hmm. you can recognize what's real and what's not. And I've been doing it now for 18, almost 18 years. So you're very passionate. Extremely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so your um, opponent is a sitting judge right she now. Is. And is she a judge for this court? I don't understand the question. You mean, is she currently sitting as county court at law three? Yes. Yes, she is. She was appointed by the commit When Judge McDonald, the prior judge, stepped down in the middle of her term, the commissioners appointed um, our, the current sitting judge to fulfill the remainder of the vacancy of that term. So that's her role yes, right ma'am. now. Okay. So she hasn't um, had the experience of day-to-day like you have, in contrast. Correct. Okay. That, that's all I'm getting at. Um, okay. So tell me, um, 
I, I know you're all about efficiency and developing relationships with the kids primarily yes. and letting them know that you are looking out for them, Absolutely. advocating for them for the best thing. What What is a couple of things that you would want voters to know besides what you've already told me? Is there anything else? I think it's important for voters to understand that I have been in Montgomery County since 1997. Um, when I moved here, and established myself here. I've been here extensively that entire time. I have two children that have been here. We are now up in Willis. I'm very proud of them. Have to put in a plug for our son. We just got accepted to Baylor University. So, oh my gosh! So you know, bear claw. Um, <laughs> I was up there just yesterday. <laughs> well, thanks to my husband who yeah. also went there. I think he's been indoctrinating them with the. I call it the green Kool Aid. But here we go. So we're very proud of him. Um, we have, but they both went to a private school here because we feel that faith is very strong and in our beliefs and our families. So we went to a private Christian school. Both of them did for a period of 10 years um, because I wanted them to have faith in their daily lives. You want them to have that background, that Absolutely. structure. And, you know, the way a lot of our public schools are, especially when they were starting, um, they weren't getting that. So I think that having faith based in that aspect of their lives and our lives is, is critical. Um, let's face it, it's not in our hands, uh, it's in God's hands. Um, I think it's also important to know I'm a property owner, not only here within Montgomery County, but also within downtown Conroe. I own my building where I practice out of uh, very proudly. And so I understand the needs when it comes to the investment within our community, the investment within our city. Um, I think it's also important that I have gone and made numerous um, gifts back to the communities. I have served in civic organizations, for example, Conroe Noon Lions Club. I've been a member for 11 years, um, and for the record, that's the best Lions Club in the world. Uh, I would urge everybody to look into that. I've been a past Lions Club it's, member. They're great. And Kiwanis and Rotary. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also served on two, I'm currently serving on two boards that assist and help with children. First one is what we call Access Builds Children. For, the short name is ABC. This program provides for supervisory services where children can see their parents. Just because parents may make some mistakes, there's no reason for the children to be punished by that because they still need that relationship with mom and dad while mom and dad are trying to heal and get back on track. Otherwise, the child will feel abandoned. So we have put together that program. I've worked very hard, been on that board since 2015. Uh, we got to That's the point. It's quite a while. It has. And, and we almost lost it for lack of funding. And so there's a group of us that got together. Yeah, I hadn't heard about them in quite a while. Well, we have gone and went from almost closing the doors and we have a great team through our board that worked very hard and went extensively and literally in a period of, I would say maybe two to three days, raised over $7,000 to be able to invest back into the organization just to keep the doors open. And we have grown since. Uh, we're very blessed. The city of Conroe allows us to utilize the Oscar Johnson Center. Um, and we have now gone from servicing a handful of children that would come through there on a Saturday, every first, third, and fifth Saturday, to now we run two separate sessions every first, third, and fifth Saturday, now servicing approximately 80-plus families. So ABC is doing great. We have a great team that's in place. It's good to know. And, um, I heard about them many years ago. Yes. Well, let me tell you, they are thriving. They're doing a great job. Um, the second board that I joined in 2020 is a group called Love Heals Youth. Tell me about that one. And so that group is focused on providing uh, no-cost mental health services for children, primarily in foster care, especially older children, the teen children, trying to gear and prepare them as they are moving through their lives, get them the necessary this training that they need, the skills they need, vocational, everyday lives, life skills, anything like that, and then trying to help them understand and realize that it's not their fault while they're in the foster program. Because so many of them also, again, feel abandoned, feel like it's their fault, they've given up, and if they don't get some assistance and guidance in getting themselves right, then what happens is you see them fall into either the juvenile system or oh, criminal absolutely. system, which is tragic because they didn't ask to be there, mm -hmm. which comes back to my other thing. The children, they don't deserve to be in the middle. And even the children in foster care end up in the middle yep. because they have nowhere else to go. Yep. So we're trying to help them. You know, for example, Treehouse is a perfect example of when you have children that originally interns that are currently working with Love Hills Youth were assisting those children. And then they were told, we don't need you anymore. And then look what happens. You know, Treehouse gets closed down. We find out that those children were being abused, and then they have no beds. And so what we're doing is really started cranking this up, again, as a nonprofit organization to get some help out to those kids and trying to let them know that there is a hope. 
Um, we're also working with other entities like Family Promise and um, the Rainbow Bridge and trying to get other things where if the child finishes in this location, where do we go next where maybe we can get you some help for the next stage in your life? So as you can tell, I'm, I'm You're so excited. passionate about it. No, I do. I get yeah, excited about and, it. And that's, I guess, what I want people to hear, that um, you don't just want to be a judge, but this is your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your personal life with your own kids and, of course, uh, the legal side of it, mm-hmm. but you also volunteer your time absolutely. for the kids. So and you don't have a kids. lot of time, I guess, right now, do you? <laughs> Especially running as a candidate? Well, it gets a little tricky. There's not a whole <laughs> lot of sleep. I tell everybody I have new luggage, you know, left eye and right eye are my new carry-ons. But, um, you know, it's one of those things, <laughs> and it's not just the children. You know, we have to remember the other people that in our society. You know, for example, Thanksgiving Eve, I was out there helping serve for free meals with Joe Halidi. God bless that man. He's amazing. Um, for first mm-hmm. responders, along with a number of people, to try to help give back and say thank you. And so that takes two and a half, three hours of my time. But can you imagine? That is nothing compared to what those people give back to us. Um, to go out to these music festivals like we had at Heritage Park or like we just had over there in the Woodlands. And here these are, you know, this is free for folks to be able to come in there. You get the vendors that are going out there advertising for themselves. And kids get to come and play. And you make it about the children. You make it about where the parents can have a little time off. I mean, when you do stuff like that and you give back and you see, it touches your heart. And if that doesn't sit here and say, and I truly believe in the role, I believe as a judge, you are a servant. You're not here as a judge. You're not here because I want to be the person in power. You are here to serve. And our job to, is to serve the community and to serve the people within our community. And I'm, my mentality on why, to finally get to your question, I believe if I can look at how many children I've touched now, I've already affected hundreds of children. If I can do that much here on my own as a single practitioner, imagine how many families I can touch and hopefully help if I'm up there at a higher level. And so that is my goal. I love it. <laughs> so on that note, um, as, a, as a judge, don't you think that you need to be kind of like how teachers are in the community, how they don't want them doing things that are irresponsible, that people look at you and you cannot engage in things that people or kids for that matter youth children mm-hmm. would go wow that's a judge and they just did that just thinking out loud <laughs> well sure i mean you're setting an example all the time i mean everywhere you go but i think it's also important for people to see that just because you are a judge does not mean that you're not human well that's true too it's okay. you know you are going to make mistakes because again it happens well and but I, rather than look at it from the standpoint of mistakes but it's okay to laugh it's okay to oh have oh fun. no absolutely i mean how many no what i'm thinking is that uh you wouldn't be let's just throw something crazy out there you wouldn't be engaging in doing illegal drugs absolutely or no. uh running the roads uh drunk or doing things that people would go really this is our judge right you know because people do look at you and especially children absolutely that you're working with uh why should i respect this person if they're doing these things out publicly. I don't know. You are clearly held to a higher standard. You know, it's yes. kind of like when we practice law, for example, when I got board certified in family law back in 2017. One of the requirements is that you are now held to a higher standard as a practicing attorney. Always. 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 Not not for any other reason, but just because. Exactly. I mean, if you're <laughs> going to if you're going to get that title and you're going to get that piece of paper to hang on the wall, you are held to that higher standard. Correct. If you're going to actually sit here and say, "I want to serve the people and I'm asking for your vote." I feel like you earn that every single day. And, of course, that goes along with temperament of a judge, all of that as well. And this is not thinking of anyone in particular when I ask Mm -hmm. that. That is just a very general question that you are held to a higher standard. Absolutely. And I think it's also important, um, and I have to use my husband as an example. Obviously, Who's retiring, right? Who is retiring. He's running. (laughs) County Court of Law 1. Yes, he's running like his hair is on fire. Bless his heart. (laughs) After after 24 years on the bench, he will have earned it. So in his defense. Um, But, you know, he has always had this wonderful demeanor from the bench that when you walk in, it's okay to smile. It's okay to say good morning. Um, It's okay to recognize that as these folks are walking in, again, they're terrified. And so it's okay if they're upset to say, ma'am, it'll be okay. Let's just try and get through this. Or do you need a break? Or whatever. It's called being real, right? (laughs) The golden rule. I mean, how would I want to be treated if I were in that position? And I think sometimes it's easy to forget that because... 
you know, even in everyday day life, whether it be you, me, anybody, and judges, sometimes it's been a long day. Sometimes yes. you're frustrated. And it, it is very hard to keep that in check sometimes, but I think that that is our duty. I think that is our duty to be able to show people this lead by example, for lack of a better word, serve by example. Um, one of the things that I had pointed out to some folks that I had met with this weekend is if you're going to be in this role, there's no reason why someone in an official capacity can't still be out there serving those first responders. Uh, Judge Wayne Mack is a perfect example of that. He is everywhere um, and he is constantly giving back to this community. And I would love to see more of that. And I'm sorry, when you get in the habit of doing it for 10 or 11 years, you can, that switch isn't getting turned off. I, so I'm I get still that. going to be out there. I get, I get that, Laura. <laughs> Half my time is spent doing things Absolutely. for others. Absolutely. Non-paid things. Well, yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it is. It is but what you know, it is. Then that's when it you get doesn't to go matter. Home. Well, you go home with an open, full heart Absolutely. when you truly do it because you want to do it. I agree. So any closing words? Where can people connect with you? So you can connect with us. We have a Facebook page. If you're on Facebook, uh, you can find me under Elect Laura Watson. It is a public page. Um, I would please go on there. You can see all of the things that we're doing and the places we're going, uh, the events that we are attending. Um, you can also get with us on our website that I will tell you is still a work in progress, so please don't pass judgment too early. Uh, but that is... Judgment. <laughs> <laughs> pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> but that's Laura Watson uh, for judge, and you can either use the number four or the word for, oh, F-O-R, nice. um, dot com. You know, we thought we'd just make it easy for everybody. Um, you can also email us at our email, which is winwithwatson1 at gmail.com. Um, and those are probably the quickest, easiest ways to get in touch with us. We have on our um, Facebook page, if you want to sign up to be a volunteer, we would be honored. Um, you can submit that and just fill it out online and send it to us, and then we can get you on a roster to call. Uh, we have early voting coming up on February 14th through the 25th. Um, and so we would love to have you out there and come assist us. And if nothing else, come get to know us. Come get to know me. Ask me whatever questions you want. I try to attend as many community events as I can so that way I can meet people. Uh, and I welcome it. And I look forward to the opportunity. So if to somebody to wants people. to speak with you one-on-one, -on -one, should they send you a message um, on Facebook? or That's probably the easiest way. Okay. Or even just through an email. Or even you can call my office which is area code 936-756-5400 and let them and just let us know that you would like to schedule an appointment and probably what we would do is schedule a phone call if that's okay um just because i'm usually running i can do that from the road um but uh absolutely i would love to be able to visit i mean that's what i'm trying to do is i go out in the public now and i would welcome the opportunity to talk to people and get to know folks and more importantly earn the honor of that vote well, fabulous Thank you, Laura. This is Laura Watson, a candidate for County Court of Law 3. Yes, ma'am. Three. Don't confuse it with right. one, two, <laughs> four, five, or six. Three. Three. <laughs> Just remember, win with Watson. Win with Watson. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much, Ms. Mar Margie. I appreciate it. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N chiropractic.com. Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at teamsinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, 
and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Hello, uh, this is Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News. And in this second half today, we are going to have Brian Kane, who's a candidate for County Court of Law 1. We just heard from Laura Watson, who's a candidate for County Court of Law 3. And she told us a little bit of the differences. Uh, Brian, so tell me a little bit about County Court of Law 1. So County Court Law number 1 is... I mean, jurisdictionally, it's just like County Court 3. It's a court of general jurisdiction. But right now, the docket, uh, the kind of cases that are on that docket are only criminal. It's a misdemeanor court as it, as it stands at the moment. But it could be anything, actually, that any of the county courts can be. It can have family cases. It can have civil cases up to uh, $250,000 as far as what's being asked for. It can have juvenile. It can have uh, probate and, and um, guardianship cases as well. So, I mean, it's really not different except for the fact is how it's docketed right now, which is that it has misdemeanors and not those other things that I just uh, mentioned and rattled off other than other than the misdemeanor dockets. So that's the primary focus, but it could help take some of the load off of the other courts. Right. So one of the reasons that I'm running is because I've seen um, in the last several cycles, most of the people that most of the attorneys that that run for these courts are specialists. Um it didn't always used to. Uh, it didn't always used to be that way. And in fact, Judge Watson was more of a, uh, a less of a specialized uh, attorney back in the, in the 90s when he ran in 1998 and won for the first time. Um, it, because it does all of those things, I think that it's important to have people, at least some people, on the on these benches that can do different things. We've got a county; it's topped 600,000 now, and its uh, population is continuing to grow. We had a New court added last cycle, the 457th District Court, and now we're having another new court added. County Court Law Number 6 is being added. It'll uh, come online in January of 2023, I believe is is what it's slated to do. Um, We keep adding courts, and we don't. We are not adding space in our courthouse. Um, That would require a whole new building. That's probably a couple hundred million dollar build. And if we're going to that building, what? (laughs) It's it's historical, that's yes. for sure. And, and it's not just one building. It's really three connected by a couple right. of walkovers. And then there's um, some court business that that takes place across the street, uh, you know, west of the main courthouse. But those aren't um, – they're buildings. They don't just grow. We'd have to actually figure out a way to add space to them, and we're out of courtroom space. When County Court 6 comes online, we're actually probably going to – be moving one of the associate judges out of their current space to make room for County Court 6. And I don't know where they're going to stick that associate judge if they move one or the other of them. Um, well, there's three of them. So, you know, one of the things that I think is important in this and coming elections is to make sure that we've got people that can, on these benches, that can roll with the changes if need be. If that court needs to add a docket, change its dockets, or just fill in from time to time for, for courts uh, that, that do other that currently are docketed for the other kinds of law, then I think that's that's certainly something that we need to um, voters need to consider, and it's one of the things that I bring to the table that my opponent, at least the one opponent I have right at this moment, uh, filing isn't over for another week, uh, December thirteenth. But um, right now, he, I mean, he's he does other things on occasion, but he mostly and he, he's running basically on his experience in the criminal law uh, venue. So um, I do family law, I do a lot of criminal law. I've, uh, as I spoke with some people uh, over the last week, uh, looking at my case numbers, I used to be a little bit more heavy on the family side. And, and recently, because of uh, my uh, contract with the county among one of the 40 that, that does uh, the fe- a bunch of felonies, uh, 90 felony uh, appointments, up to 90 felony appointments a year, uh, my mix has gotten a little skewed more towards criminal these days. I also write wills. I also ro- probate wills from time to time, um, do some other uh, estate planning. And I have done civil trials in the past. In fact, the first trial I ever did was a civil trial uh, involving someone who just didn't want to pay for something. That's you know, basic civil uh, controversies. So um, I am not uh, someone who's saying this is what I do and that's what I do and that's what the court's going to do. No, I'm going to roll with it if, if need be. Or Flexibility. Excuse me? You have flexibility. Yeah, certainly have the flexibility to change the court if it needs to. And um, I don't know that it necessarily needs to from day one, but it might in, 
you know, day 150 or year three or down the line or whatever it is. Um, that's that's what I one of the big reasons I got into this race. And it's one of the things I, th- I bring to the table is that flexibility. The other thing I would say on that, and I don't say this enough, really, um, I need to say this more, I think, is that um, having that uh, wide ranging experience, I, I understand that the consequences a little better than other attorneys who just specialize. They understand what happens in their case, but they don't necessarily see how that hap- what you know a, a, a misdemeanor conviction might do over in family court, or it might might do in a civil court, or in, or in even guardianship, or, or those types of types of settings. Whereas I have seen the um, and you know the tertiary, secondary, tertiary consequences of what happens in criminal court, or vice versa, family court to criminal court. Uh, from time to time, it does it does roll that direction, and certainly people um, who face criminal consequences are going to be hesitant to to move their cases, or maybe they're just the opposite. Maybe they really want to get their other cases done. Um, so it's one of those things that I think that uh, knowing those consequences, knowing how it's affected my clients, uh, that's a kind of experience that I would bring to the bench that um, people who specialize just don't necessarily bring. They don't see. Um, how it really affects their clients, how it affects just the the people that come into court and their defendants, plaintiffs, respondents, petitioners, whatever kind of court case we're talking about. Um, That's another reason that, you know, it's not just the flexibility, it's the it's the experience and knowing that um, there's lots of effects that court cases. So it's a big picture. Oh, absolutely. Big picture image. So tell me a little bit about your background. Not many people know your background. Well, um, they're, they're getting more people are getting to know yes. it, but certainly. I mean, uh, besides being an attorney, tell me some of the other things. Sure. So I've been, uh, I'll mention that first because that that's what that's required Brian to Kane, be. Brian uh, Brian Kane. So your uh, your business is downtown Conroe, across the street from Carmelitas, as a matter of fact, right? Right across from Carmelitas. Uh, for people who know or from Conroe, it's the old Cochran Building. Um, Allstate, which was uh, Bill Cochran. I think he's just retired, but it's still owned by the Family Trust, and it's mm-hmm. still the Cochran Building. And it used to be a, it used to be a department store. I think as late as the seventies. Um, we've been there since 2012. Before that, we were actually here where we're recording today in the tower. Um, my partner mm-hmm. started here in 2008. I came uh, and joined him later in 2009, and we were uh, here on the fifth floor until 2012. Wow! Actually, on the same day that my first child was born, I got out. <laughs> I got out of moving all the furniture because <laughs> I was in the hospital with my wife uh, having our first child, Abigail, who uh, was born on August 27, 2012. So that's why I know the date, the exact date that <laughs> wow. we moved from here in the tower down to the Cochrane Building. So yeah, um, you want me to move beyond just being an attorney? Like I said, been an attorney since 2009, practicing out of offices here exclusively in Conroe, gone all, gone all over the state, up even to the Dallas area, to even to Travis County on a, on a case. Um, but before that, uh, I, I bounced around a little bit what I wanted to do. Um, without making this my life story, I'll just say that I started at the University of Texas uh, in engineering. That lasted a very short period of time. Um, in engineering, you've got to love math. Not just be good at it. I'm good at math, <laughs> but I didn't love it. And so that didn't last that long that I was uh, I was into math. And um, skipping some steps, I ended up finishing it with a degree in uh, history and religious studies, two separate degrees. It was the first one awarded by UT, actually, the the, uh, the religious studies degree. And, and during that time, I was actually at my church, All Saints uh, Episcopal Church, there on right by campus. It's right there next to SRD for people who know UT well. Um, I, for a year and a half, I mentored to see whether or not the priesthood would be right for me. Uh, and that during that time, I would go to diocesan council. I'd be heavily involved in, in what I could as a student um, as far as church activities. Um, after, as I got close to graduating, I realized that that was not the right path for me um, and worked a little bit for Dell and sales. And then when I got a master's in history, thinking I'd be a history professor was the next thing I kind of really thought I would do. <laughs> While I was uh, getting my master's, I, I came to a realization uh, for a lot of reasons that aren't really that important. We'll just skip them. That I, the law was probably the better route for me. So I ended up uh, using my master's to help get a, a half scholarship to Seton Hall University, which is in Newark, and lived in New Jersey for a year, and then and then the upper upper East Side of Manhattan for two years uh, with my wife. She worked at. Uh, Mount Sinai, so it was walking distance for her. I had uh, a reverse commute of a, an hour on the train, which is which was nice. But um, so we lived up in, in New York for a couple of years before coming back down here, and 
getting things rolling on the law side. Okay, so you have two daughters. Abigail is uh, is nine, and then Eleanor, who was born in March, she wouldn't want me to forget her birthday is March twenty fourth. Um, <laughs> she's five, so uh, I've got yeah two daughters, a lot of fun. Uh, if you follow Facebook at all, they, they show up, they make appearances. In fact, uh, uh, at, on Thanksgiving, Abigail and Katie, my wife, ran in the five k on the woodlands. Um, whereas uh, Eleanor and I went and handed out water uh, with the, some of the Kiwanis folks and the uh, key clubs from, I think it was Klein Collins and Klein Oak uh, on the, the back end of the five-mile version of that run. Um, Eleanor loved it. As soon as one kid, uh, as soon as one runner grabbed a, a, a cup of water, she was sold. And she was, <laughs> I mean, she handed out more water that day because people <laughs> wanted to take the water from the little five-year-old as opposed to, sure. to everybody else. So it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's good. So you're involved in uh, Kiwanis and in Rotary, right? Yes. Rotary of the Woodlands. Been in the Rotary Club of the Woodlands, I think, since 2015. I haven't really looked. I, if I check my email for how far, how far Over back before. Over five years I, yeah, or it's been, so. It's yeah. been a while. Yes. So I've been and involved with them for a while. I was on, on uh, when we fought, hopefully when we get that rolling here again soon. I'm on the uh, scholarship committee for the uh, student athlete scholarship that we give uh, give out every year. Um, and what I've been doing recently for Rotary on top of, of just meetings and, and uh, general, um, you know, general uh, giving back that we do with them, general service that we do, I've been helping run their website, which is yeah. now that I've got it settled, it's, it's just a, a matter of, of moving things around, but adding, uh, you know, events and, and uh, pictures. Updates. And, and, yeah, just updates. general updates. But it did need a redesign, so I helped with that a little bit. Wow. You have another talent. Well, it's... It's a low-level ability to, to, to monkey with websites. It's not. Uh, let's not get crazy here. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't code it. I just used the tools to help redesign it. Sure. So you're also a member of several chambers. So I'm a member of the uh, Woodlands Chamber of Commerce, the Conroe Chamber of Commerce, the Montgomery Chamber of Commerce, the Magnolia Chamber of Commerce, and the uh, Greater East Montgomery County Chamber of Commerce. Absolutely. So you're all over. I try to get to as many places as I can. So is it hard being a candidate? Well, uh, it's... It's a lot of running around? <laughs> you do have to drive a lot. Uh, I kind of looked at the mileage on my vehicle, and it, 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 it gets racked up quite a bit. But, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's one of those things that uh, the volume of it may be a little bit high, but going forward, a lot of the things that I've been doing um, that have been extra on top of just running my practice and and the general community service that I'm into, um, a lot of those things I'll stick with because I've, I've found them to be very enjoyable and fulfilling. And getting to know a lot more people than I, than I did before, which is something that, you know, I'm kind of a homebody. Uh, Katie is too, my wife. Um, we, we do things for the kids, but we don't typically force ourselves out. And I think now that I've joined some of these things, I, I, it's not that I feel obligated. It's, I feel compelled to... to keep those See friendships going See it through. Uh, and, and stay involved in the community, uh, certainly past uh, whatever the result's going to be here in March 1st. So the challenge is that you have the whole county, right? So you have to be all over the county, not just one section, not just downtown Conroe or Magnolia or any other place. It's the whole county. So it, it is a lot. And uh, so you, you, spoke, you spoke a little bit about your experience, your background, um, what are a couple of things that you want people to know about you that you haven't mentioned, voters in particular? Well, some of the things I, I well, what I haven't mentioned so far, let's see. Um, well, I mean, I haven't said yet. I don't think it's that important, but some I hear most candidates say it. I am from Texas, born in Houston, born in the medical center. And uh, so I'm, I'm native to the area. I, I went away for school. I, um, but you know, I came back and my wife's from this part of the, of the town where I was, I'm from Fort Bend County. So I'm from the other side of town, but my wife grew up in spring and then the woodlands and we have, you know, pretty obvious why we came back and settled down in this area. She wanted to be close to her parents. So we'd have grandparents in the area. In fact, those grandparents are, I mean, they're over weekly, um, which is great. I like it. Um, I know some people and their in-laws, they don't necessarily want to see them every week, but, um, I see actually <laughs> every Wednesday night, I see, uh, at least one of my in-laws cause we're in the same church choir together and that's choir practice. And then Sunday morning is church. So, um, when, uh, when I sing, which is these days, most Sundays, it's, uh, it, we're going to be sitting a couple 
chairs down from each other. At least so faith is a big part of your life, too, still. Oh, it is, absolutely. Uh, uh, like I said, I was thinking about being a priest. It's not like my um, my religiosity, as it were, stopped at that point. Um, it's just that I decided that some of the things about you know what, it's, what it takes to be a priest uh, weren't in me, and I didn't think that I would faithfully serve by going down that route. As much as I, I still kind of wanted it, even when I said no, I just realized that those weren't my particular gifts, and that you, when you see your priest in a moments of distress, you want them to be of a certain mentality, and I don't think I necessarily had that. I think that was the, the one thing that that um, that pushed me away from it. Not that I wouldn't be attentive or caring or, or um, I mean, right now I'm kind of looking for words. This is one of those things. I, I noticed the other people that I was mentoring with, the other priests, they always had the words that maybe would be a little slower to come to me. And um, it was one of the things I saw that, that pushed me away from it. It wasn't the fact that I lost, um, you know, my beliefs or anything like that. They hadn't changed, but um, it, it was just seeing it just myself. wasn't the right. Yeah, it wasn't well, the right fit. Wasn't the right path for me. <clears throat> but so, same thing with when when I decided not to be a, a, a history professor. It was just <laughs> not the right path for me for first various reasons. But being a judge is the right path, and you have the right temperament even keel uh, temperament to be a judge. So one of the things that I've noticed, I noticed right away is that there are some judges on the bench who I think are fine judges, so I'm not certainly um, getting on this. Some of them don't have the best poker face, and some of them have, really do. You don't know what they're thinking until they rule. And I've, I've been told before that uh, if I'm in a situation where um, I need to weigh some some facts, you know, sort of like a judge would do, and come up with a decision. People sometimes they don't know what, what I'm doing. So I, I think that's a um, that's an important skill to be able to not just weigh the facts fairly, come up with a good good decision according to the law and the facts that are in place on that case, but during the whole process, not signal to either party that you know a decision has obviously been made or something like that. And it's one of the things I noticed right away in some of the judges. Um, now, that doesn't mean you can't make rulings along the way that are firm and, and even have a little bit of, um, you know, not anger, but, you know, a little pointedness to them. Um, sometimes that's, that's, um, that's required. Sometimes attorneys, I know I have, attorneys get a little too zealous in their representation and they have to be corrected that, no, 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 we're going to come back. Come back to reality here. Let's go back. Let's go on to the next thing. Bring it thing. down. <laughs> yeah, and go on to the next thing, right? You've right. said that three times now. I get it. We've got to move on. Um, so I've, being someone who's in the courtroom a lot, I've seen how a lot of judges act. I've seen how, how a lot of judges act in different counties. That's another thing. Uh, while a lot of criminal defense attorneys do that, they do travel to several counties in the area. I go uh, to several counties, not even just in the area. I've been to, to counties three or four hours away, um, even when I was told, eh, you don't need to show up. We can we can figure this out without you or just you can call in or something. It's like, no, I'm going to go because I want to see how this court operates because it's it's just always – anything. anytime you go to court, it's more useful information for an attorney. You get to see how another judge uh, does things, and that can be useful to your clients down the line. So I, I never try to give up the opportunity to learn um, to get more information for myself on, on how to, to better represent my clients. And, of course, um, I think it, that process is what's helped me inform, informed me as to how I would uh, be a judge, um, hopefully come 2023. Okay. So let's talk about ways to get in touch with you, Brian. What is the best way to connect with you if somebody wants to meet you, talk to you, or anything like that? My cell phone is 512 694 0624. Yes, that's an Austin number. I kept it when I got my first cell phone while I was still in, in, at UT, so I kept it. Again, it's 512-694-0624. You can also call the office if you'd rather that, because I do have a, a you know staff who can take down a message and relay it on to me if, in case I might be out of pocket, 936-539-1011. So those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. If you, if you don't want to just talk to me that moment and you just want to email me, uh, I've got several emails, but let me give you my campaign one. That is B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N-2022 at gmail.com. And your Facebook page 
is briancane.org? My that's my uh, website. No, I'm sorry. Your yeah. website is yeah. uh, and, you, just, and your Facebook page. You have a cane for judge, CC one. Right, but that, you can Google it in there and find Brian Kane. Yeah, anyway, you, if you put Brian Kane or Kane for judge or something, it'll probably come up. B R I A N C A I N. Yeah, C A I N, and make sure you don't. Uh, if actually, I I went ahead and bought braincane.org <laughs> because so many people um, switch up the A and the I because I have that backwards in my last name. So. You can actually get to me by braincane.org as well. So, Brain. We'll just call you Brain. Yeah. I have so many <laughs> certificates, and I have yearbooks with Brain Cane. I have T-shirts uh, from from schools uh, with Brain Cane, and you know they always give me another one once I point it out, but I, I like to keep those as long as I can. Brain for judge. <laughs> Brian Kane. Okay, well, very good. I, I appreciate you coming on the show. This is Brian Kane for County Court of Law 1. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for having me.